faster than expected. Abrupt climate change and the consequences for us and other living beings on our Earth. No one should be alone in the greatest challenge of our time. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. Here's your host, Wolfgang Werminghausen. In the second part of the series about the, the Arctic, I'm talking with Jennifer Heinz about methane release in the Arctic and the exponential way it is accelerating. The last episode, number 21, in November 2017, has been about the melting Arctic sea ice. Especially the volume had a record low in 2017. With Jennifer Heinz, I've already talked about tipping points in the eighth episode in March 2016 and about a blue ocean event one year ago. Since Jennifer has published two videos, Methane Monster 1 and 2, she's one of the Arctic and methane experts. It's still highly recommended to watch these introductions to abrupt climate change. I will uh, have a link in the show notes. I'm honored to have you in my current podcast episode. Welcome, Jennifer. Oh, hey, Wolfgang. It's so good to talk to you again. It's been, oh, over a year, I believe, since we've spoken. So thanks so much for welcoming mm. back to your show. Thank you. It's helpful to be aware why we are doing what we are doing. Why do we talk about the Arctic ice and the methane eruptions and the consequences? To scare people? My answer is that even if we recognize that life is short, we have the opportunity or the gift to live a full and meaningful life. I can't help spreading this message. What is your why, Jennifer? You know, that's an interesting question, Wolfgang. It's always a difficult message to spread, you know, once you've looked at the data and once you understand the severity and the irrevocability of our trend and where we're going with climate change and the different things that are happening there. It's And then you see what's happening on the news and there's so much distraction. There's no acknowledgement of climate change at all. And I'm spreading it because it's true. Now, how fast it happens, that's a matter of opinion. And a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about that. But I want to spread this message because I, be I believe that climate change is the most severe threat that we face as a human race mm -hmm. and as, as a world. So that's, that's why I spread it, Wolfgang. Okay, from from here we we can now talk about the methane monster, maybe the methane monster 3.0. In 2017, Nick Brees has published an interview with Shakova and Zemilitov. This time he concentrated on the subsea permafrost on the Siberian Arctic shelf. While permafrost and gas hydrates are melting on the seabed, gas migration paths are building in degradating permafrost acts like a champagne cork. One remark remarkable statement is emissions that are occurring right now are the result of a combined effect of natural 
and anthropogenic warming and they will be accelerating until warming is turned to cooling. Even after it happens, there is no mechanism to stop permafrost disintegration in the ESAS, the East Siberian Arctic Shelf. The methane monster is out of the bottle, isn't it? What are your observations since you have published the Methane Monster 2 video in 2015, Jennifer? Well, Wolfgang, that's quite a mouthful, but I want to kind of reduce yes. that into easily understood concepts. So let's let's kind of back this up and, and talk about what you've just mentioned. So first of all, the East Siberian Arctic Shelf. Why is this such a scary thing? The East Siberian Arctic Shelf is shallow. It's newly submerged land. Now, by newly, I mean within like the last 12,000 years or so, since the end um, of the big melting of the last ice age, uh, the East Siberian Arctic Shelf was submerged. So... Um, mm. In any case, what is there is a huge amount of biological material that has rotted, that is, you know, biologically active, and it will produce a huge amount of methane and carbon dioxide when it reaches the atmosphere. Now, it will reach the atmosphere. You know, it's kind of changed in its uh, chemical composition over the thousands of years that it's been submerged. It's kind of distilled Millions itself. Of years, it's been maybe. Maybe it's millions of years, you know, but it's distilled itself into mm. this, you know, it's been like a, a, a big distillery, you know, it's the, the finest, uh, you know, bourbon in the world or something like that. You know, it's distilled itself into this very exotic material. And this is methane hydrate, and it's been compacted under pressure, and it's changed in its composition. And now it's distilled itself into this pure white substance. But this pure white substance is so powerful. It is a greenhouse gas of unparalleled proportions in the short term. And when it reaches the uh, tipping point of freezing, you know, or not freezing at, you know, around zero degrees centigrade or whatever, it starts to thaw. When it starts to thaw, it expands, and it expands at a really incredible sort of ratio. I think something like, I don't know, 160 times. In any case, that's why we're finding those pockmarks and those giant methane craters that you're seeing all throughout, um, like the Yamal Peninsula up in, the, up in Siberia. And the East Siberian Arctic Shelf, there are many Pingos. Now, pingos are, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the upwelling that forms when these things start to thaw, when they're getting close to a tipping point. You know, they're pushing, there's so much pressure inside, and we can hardly imagine it, but it's pushing this whole crust up, um, kind of like um, a little mound or a little, you know, a little hill. Those are called pingos. And at some point, when mm. there's enough of this stuff thawing at once, these pingos will explode with great force. And they can catch on fire and all sorts of things like that. But really, what's important is that these pingos and that these methane blowholes and the subsea permafrost that's starting to melt and outgas, this is all a manifestation of the extreme... Um, temperature rise that we're starting to see throughout the world as um, climate change really takes hold with a vengeance. And 
consequently, um, this methane is going to melt, and it's actually going to melt fairly fast. Um, I mean, as you mentioned in your intro, the Arctic sea ice was at the lowest volume ever. You know, I mean, it might not have been at the lowest area, but that's Mm -hmm. just the skin. Who cares about that, right? But if the ice is getting thinner and thinner and thinner, um, you know, it's going to melt. And things are being seen up in the Arctic. You know, there's a huge amount of ice uh, withdrawal, you know, degradation in, in Alaska up up there and we will probably I mean who knows really I'm not going to even predict it but who knows when the Arctic sea ice is going to melt we don't know that what we do know is that it will the trends are irrevocable and once that Arctic sea ice melts I mean as we all know I hate to keep saying this again and again but it just has to be said once the Arctic Mm -hmm. sea ice melts the temperature of the Arctic Ocean will go up dramatically and quickly. And this is because it just doesn't have those ice cubes in the glass, keeping it, you know, just around, you know, zero degrees centigrade or slightly, you know, lower. So uh, once that happens, you know, the East Siberian Arctic Shelf comes into play in a big, big way. That's why Natalia Shakova and Igor Samoletov have spent so much time up on the East Siberian mm-hmm. Arctic Shelf. They are looking at it. They are seeing methane plumes kilometers wide starting to outgas. And this is just the preamble because you have to remember the East Siberian Arctic Shelf is an absolute huge amount of methane um, deposits, just un, uh, mm-hmm. unbelievable. And that is due to the biological material that, you know, got, got stored there. So, you know, we're in a very strange catch-22, you know, right now still, and um, it hasn't happened yet, but it will, and the methane will come out. It won't be absorbed by the column of water in the East Siberian Arctic Shelf. You know, the, it's a narrow, um, kind of very uh, low depth sort of situation. And, and the sea column, the water column is not deep at all. So therefore, when these methane deposits go above zero, which they will soon, um, they're going to start outgassing because there's not going to be anything. And as you say, this is like a champagne cork. And we have evidence of this. We have evidence of this from the past. You can see um, pockmarks, right, all throughout where these methane emissions, like methane monsters, have happened in the past, you know. And generally speaking, you can see them accompanied by, like... um, what do you call those, you know, grid marks when the glaciers melt, they leave these grooves, these scrapings, and then you'll see methane pockmarks on top of those those glacial scrapings. So that means that the methane comes out after the ice starts to melt. So right now, we're at that point where the ice is starting to melt. Everywhere you look, ice is coming out. Look at Greenland. It's like unbelievably melting and you know the arctic sea ice is unbelievably melting and the permafrost also this is what scientists have worried about for years and years this has been known right the permafrost melting was going to cause a huge um change you know and what can we expect when the permafrost 
is not permafrost, but is permamush. You know, there's a there's a tipping point here. There's a tipping point, and it's at zero degrees. When this stuff, it's either the permafrost is melted or not melted. It's either mush or it's frost. Once it becomes mush, and it is becoming mush, and we don't even have to talk about the infrastructure problems that's going to cause, right? The outgassing starts in earnest, and you see a huge amount of... Um, Greenhouse gases, you know, mostly like methane mm-hmm. and carbon dioxide coming out. And this will cause an immediate change in surface temperature, you know, the average throughout the world. So, you know, we're living in a strange time because we're right at the tipping point and yet everything is hidden and we live in a world of distraction where nothing is acknowledged. So it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of comes out and hits the news. What I learned from this interview with Shakova and Zemilatov, I, I mentioned, is uh, that uh, the release of, of the methane has begun. If, if the ice is melted or not, it, it has begun just now. And there are hot spots in the East uh, Siberian Arctic shelf, Arctic shelf. The whole Arctic shelf is about two, two million square kilometers big. And 10%, they say, are hot, hot spots. And uh, in the background area, there are releases of methane of uh, three microgram per, per day of methane. And and now uh, in the hotspot areas, there there are three thousand gram per, right. per day. It's a huge amount of methane is still uh, released there, and right. because it's uh, an subsea subsea uh, permafrost that's melting and uh, releasing the methane of the sediments underneath, there's no way to to stop this. Some, some scientists uh, think they they can cool the Arctic, but they they can't cool the 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 ground of the subsea and the Siberian Arctic shelf. And the Militov, I think, uh, said uh, this methane hydrates uh, that, that are melting on the sea seabed is just a little tiny fraction of the whole methane that's in the ground. And uh, it's, you know, the, it's a, had, has begun. Mm-hmm. It has begun. And this is just the very beginning of the beginning of the big mm-hmm. methane mm-hmm. emissions. But you're right. It has begun. And actually, to be honest with you, if you want to look back at the tipping point, it might have been around 2007. You can see that if you look at methane chart emissions over time. And um, if you look at ones that go back to like, you know, all through the 80s and things like that, in 2007, things started to pick up. So, I mean, that's 10 years ago. And now it's starting to manifest a little bit. Now, There's a huge amount of methane hydrate um, deposits. It's they they say it's like seven mm-hmm. times as much as all the petroleum products in the world. That that boggles the mind to me. I don't understand how that could be, but that's what they say. And if all mm-hmm. of this stuff, you know, starts to come out, and because the ground is getting hotter, I mean, as you say, there are hot spots, and hot spots cannot be refrozen. They have a volition 
all of their own. These hotspots are manifestations of the methane emissions already in play. Methane is an instantaneous heating gas. That's the difference between methane and carbon dioxide. You know, methane is instant. It's short-lived, but it's instant. And it's giving rise to these hotspots. Hotspots can't be refrozen. And it's just going to really kind of... Um, it's it's a feedback. It's it's a runaway feedback, actually, which is different than just a feedback. A runaway feedback implies mm-hmm. that yeah. it has volition all of its own, which means you can't do anything about it. I mean, the, the land area that you just mentioned of the East Siberian Arctic Shelf, that is monolithic. How are you going to stop that? People, you know, I talk to, they say, oh, well, well, you can mine the methane, right? No, you can't mine a Mm -hmm. methane in all of, you can't. It's not possible. So, yes, methane is a very good heating source and good energy source for sure. But it works both ways, right? Just as humans could mine it and use it for an energy source, the earth is going to just heat that thing right up. So it's a very scary time that we live in for those of us who are awakened um, to the understanding of the severity of climate change, you know. Would you like to talk about the uh, Keeling curve a little bit, Wolfgang? Yes, thank you. Um, In... In October 2017, you have published a link on Facebook of an animation of the Keeling curve. Uh, we'll have a, um, a, a this link in the show notes on xwer.de, xwer.de slash fte23. Uh, there you will find all the, all this stuff uh, in this animation. Now we are talking about CO2, not methane. Uh, What is the Keeling curve and what makes this animation so remarkable? Well, thanks for bringing that up. Um, I did publish that animation on my Facebook page in October of 2017 with the comments, this is the scariest animation I have ever seen. And then it showed the Keeling curve over mm-hmm. time and how it, agree, it goes yes. up. So you can see that's that's actually coming out of data in uh, Mauna Loa in Hawaii. And it's been going on since 1958. It's a fairly pure place right in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, a good place to get an average of carbon dioxide. And it's irrevocable. When you look at the Keeling curve, You can see the rise in carbon dioxide over time since 1958 is going straight up. It's like breathing in and uh, out. Yeah, it's breathing in and it's breathing out. I mean, as you know, in the northern hemisphere, where most of the land mass is, you know, in the summertime and spring and summer, you know, the trees suck in all the carbon dioxide, all the crops we grow suck in carbon dioxide, you know, and you can see that the carbon dioxide goes down in the northern spring and summer Uh, seasons and then in the winter it goes up again so it does it's a breathing sort of thing but it's a breathing thing that's Mm. going up and we are adding more carbon dioxide to the atmosphere exponentially each year and and some of that feedback Mm. actually might not be coming from humans as well i mean we're coming into play with the melting permafrost and the outgassing of of the east siberian arctic shelf so you know that's what a runaway feedback is you know humans may stop their carbon dioxide emissions or try to i don't think it's possible at this point but you know we can always try i don't want to 
dash anybody's hopes, but, you know. But in in addition to that, there's going to be other uh, carbon dioxide that's added to the atmosphere from these runaway feedbacks that are currently in play. Now, the thing that mm-hmm. makes the Keeling curve so scary is it's not leveling off. When you look at the Keeling curve, you know, just please refer to Michael Mann's hockey stick. That's always such a good reference tool, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know that polynomial trend line, it has got the shape, you know, of a hockey stick, and it is exponential in nature. And that is what is so sad. That is what is so scary. You look at this thing and you're like, my God, there is no way to stop this thing. And we have this moment and you start to look at things in a slightly different way because you realize we really are in a time of change. We really are in a moment of climate catastrophe that is completely hidden because it hasn't yet completely manifest. You know, people are looking at their own experience and they're saying, well, I don't really feel any different, you know, so uh, I don't think this climate change thing is real. Mm -hmm. And they'll just go on about their business. And that, of course, is assisted by the media with the total blackout of all the climate change news. You don't find anything almost any place about climate change. And yet, it's happening. And what's going to end up happening is that the storms are going to become much worse. Things are going to become more abrupt. And this is the irrevocable thing about the Keeling curve. And this is the irrevocable thing about the East Siberian Arctic Shelf is the exponential outgassing of greenhouse gases. And it's only going to get worse. And we're starting to see like hurricanes getting much, much worse. There's more energy in the ocean. The ocean is sucking up 90 to 97%, you know, of the carbon emissions, you know, the heating is mm. going into the ocean. So this is causing huge hurricanes, this is causing huge typhoons and all sorts of things, you know, things are being destroyed. And the seas are rising. And, you know, the droughts and and the intense fires are getting worse. I mean, God, look at California still in flames, you know, just tearing through beautiful, beautiful country, you know. And these are all manifestations of climate change. And yet it is still hidden around us. Uh, you're, You're absolutely right. From the Arctic Ocean and the Siberian Arctic Shelf, there is no good news in, indeed. CO2, methane and global warming are accelerating. Sorry if we have scared you, dear listener. Then I'd like to refer to the beginning of this episode again. In the next episode of this series about the Arctic, I will ask what all this means for the global climate, as we have done uh, now a little bit thank you very much jennifer for your insights and your empathic way to talk about it goodbye and stay safe oh thanks so much wolfgang it's been a great pleasure and an honor to talk to you again today about these important things be well thank you faster than expected thanks to laura upshaw for african drum dance on youtube If you like my podcast, please write a comment and give me a like on SoundCloud. You'll find a link and more information on my website xwer.de slash podcast. Take care.